Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. Thank, Thank you. you so much again for, for joining us. Really appreciate your time. I'm going to go ahead and, and give the floor to you and let you kick off day two. Thank you so much. It's a huge honor to be speaking to the whole um, Cal State school system again. I, I've had the honor of like speaking to a lot of different universities uh, across California, and it's definitely my favorite place to be. So uh, hello, everybody. My name's Devin. Uh, I don't think I could outdo that great introduction <laughs> by Donna. So uh, I will try to give a little bit of a background just for a context that I, I kind of remotely know what I'm talking about. But my goal here today is to kind of give an overview of what the esports and gaming industry is doing and then talk about content creation and what it is and it isn't. So if you are an aspiring content creator or you're interested in the way that the economy is going, supporting esports and content creation, this is the talk for you. This will be a talk that is highly beneficial. All right, let's rock. So I, I, I think a lot about what esports and gaming is versus what it is becoming versus what it will become. And I was thinking about like, how would I open this talk? And I remember when I ran a team called Team Dignitas in North America, which is like the OG League of Legends team back in the LCS. It was like 2014 or 2015, okay? I was a manager there with no support staff, and I was responsible for running the whole team, players, sponsorships, everything, GM, all that stuff. And there was like one guy above me in, his name's Odie, in like, in like London somewhere. But on the ground in LA, like we had this team house with, uh, it, was, it was in Long Beach, I think. And we were picking up these two new players on rotation for the LCS. Uh, people that follow esports will know them as Gomsu and Core JJ. And the idea here was that we were going to basically bring in some super elite Korean talent to, because we couldn't find North American talent. And we had two slots we could do that in because of the LCS import rule. So the way that it uh, worked was, you know, logistically, I had to set this up through like a third party in Korea. And they, they like put them on a plane to, to go to LAX, okay? And uh, <laughs> so I, I, I'm, at, I'm at LAX, okay? And, and like I get to LAX, I'm looking for these, these two players. And it occurs to me that I have no idea what these two players look like uh, because I've, I've never been, I, I've never had any context of it. I, I, there's no like preparation. There's nothing official. Like I'm just expected to find these players at LAX. So I'm now standing, I, I'm standing outside and I'm looking for two. I'm like, okay, well, it's no problem. I'll just look for two uh, Korean kids together. And then everybody getting off the plane are two Asian kids. <laughs> So I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? And, and, and then I realize I'm, I'm, I have a Dignitas shirt in my car, like the brand for our team. I run back to my car. I grab the shirt. I start waving it at just random kids that are getting off the plane. And like many people walk by and are like, like, you know, like, like, what's going on? And then finally, like these two kids come up and they're like, Dignitas. And I'm like, yeah, hey, what's up? And then like, I assume that they're core JJ and Gomsu. Our, our, our communication is bad. And... <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm just going to put these two kids in the back of a uh, of the car and we're going to go to the, the team house and hopefully these are the people I'm looking for and I didn't just kidnap two people. It, it turned out that they were and they were amazing because like they, they ended up sitting down and uh, they played League of Legends, even though they had jet lag and everything, played League of, played League of Legends like from, a, from zero to 30 solo queue accounts like for the next like 16 hours. Just love the game. So I, I think about like that past dichotomy and I think about 
the future of esports, which is like so much of that now is totally gone, right? Like there's no team houses, there's huge support staff, there's uh there there's all like for five players, there's a GM and like a like an assistant coach and a head coach and have any of that stuff before. And, and I'm not here to like regale you about tales of uh, we could just have the whole talk be that. I could just tell you about messed up stuff that I found in esports in my history, but the, like I want to like more tell you about like where it was, which is the purpose of that and like where it's going and what it will be. So if you didn't catch from that, like Dignitas was the first team that I was a part of. I was the regional manager, uh, assistant to the regional manager, <laughs> a regional manager for Dignitas. And after Dignitas, I went to a team called Counterlogic Gaming. At Counterlogic Gaming, I ran that as CEO until 2018, 19-ish, where we sold it to Madison Square Garden. And we played in a bunch of tournaments across the world, um, traveled the whole world, played in tournaments. We were the top three esports teams for a while. I know if you look at CLG's record right now, it may not seem like that, but at one time <laughs> we were. <laughs> anyway, I digress. It's not important right now. Um, after, the, after CLG, I, I, I was really interested in, in the trends of the gaming industry and esports. So I joined a company. Well, I, I, I founded a company with my business partner, Matt, also known as Sevitus called Novo. And Novo's purpose is to is, is a creative advertising agency, and we run top influencers on YouTube and, and Twitch. And we our objective is kind of to figure out what's coming and introduce brands to that, as well as uh, keep influencers on the know and keep ourselves in the know for that. And, and so I, I give you that brief introduction, hopefully to inform the context of like what's happening now in the industry, which we'll move into now. So I actually didn't test this, but I should be able to, uh, I should be able to actually show you some stuff just about what's happening because I think there's, I, I, I think there's frankly a pretty enormous difference between the understanding of the esports industry, the understanding of content creation and, and a concept that I really want to call, um, the attention economy, the attention economy. This is my my 2021 technology here is uh is 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 something I refer to as like so business business before right and was either direct to consumer or it was B two B which is business to business and the way you would market on uh, is you would market and advertise through traditional channels so you might um take out an ad in a newspaper you might um you might create an online ad advertising and. That that was basically the way that you understood like getting in front of your customers. We had all kinds of things to do that. And my first company ever was starting a business that did pay-per-click, which was Google AdSense's method of like reaching people. It's still incredibly effective today. But what the attention economy has done with the advent of social media has made the what like made it possible to reach exponentially higher amounts of people and convert a small percentage of them to whatever you want buying products or services or um, a CPM model. And a CPM model is basically meaning that like, I don't even have to sell directly to consumers anymore. As a content creator, I can sell to, uh, I, I can start a plat, I can be on a platform like YouTube or Twitch and I can make money off of advertising revenue that in of itself will pay for my career, which is incredible, right? And, and so esports and gaming have been built off the back of this attention economy. And that is why it is really important to put that into context right now. It's like to understand like exactly what we're dealing with, right? The, the, end, the, the attention economy is growing every single year and it's becoming more and more possible to start full-time careers 
as um, content creators and, and full-time career in, in esports or, or tertiary things to esports or gaming. And I want to be very clear about the future and where this is going. Right now, about 40% of jobs in the United States are contract or freelance work. And that number is increasing like at a crazy rate. It occurs to me that everybody that is listening to this talk that has been involved in the Cal State school system has not been to school for a year, which was crazy to me that I just realized that when I was um, just when I was preparing for this talk, that it's actually wild that that that, 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 that like everybody hasn't even been to school, right? COVID has completely changed the way that we think about and interact with anything. And um, what, what it's done is it's boosted the attention economy, the gaming industry, and the esports industry more than um, we could ever imagine. A lot of bad stuff has come from the pandemic, but the, the gaming industry and, and, and Twitch, which is up 97% uh, year over year, esports, which is, which is growing at, at, at a phenomenal rate, um, are, are, are certainly some of the benefactors of this. So if you're interested in content creation and esports and gaming, there is no better time to do it. Right now, um, the global gaming market will generate about $159 billion of revenue. And that would be about a 9.3% year-over-year growth with a projected uh, $200 billion revenue uh, surpassing in 2023. And um, I say that because what, uh, that, that, that's, that's the number that I, I really want you to focus on is like, let's talk about the idea of the gaming industry, right? the esports industry and the content creation industry. And let's put these in perspective because I, I, I like everything I've been talking about so far has been like very hopeful. And now I'm going to completely annihilate all those dreams uh, that we just had about how cool the gaming industry and the esports industry is by telling you um, how absolutely unlikely and mythical it is that anybody participates in this in the way they think they're going to. And then we're going to clear it up and we're going to bring it back if I have time. <laughs> So let's do that next. So the esports industry as a whole, um, going back to our, 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 our chart here, all right, um, is about a billion dollars in revenue projected to be like $1.6 billion in revenue in um, 2024. This isn't that much, okay? Um, the, uh, to put this in perspective, Dogecoin has a market cap of $55 billion. <laughs> Like it's about about thirty five times higher than than, than esports does, right? Um, Crossover to Twitch, the Twitch is like kind of hovering a little bit over a one point five billion dollar company, um, and uh, but but and like just just to put in perspective, like like how much that is as a percentage of Amazon's well, that's like zero zero one percent of Amazon's like total holding holdings, which owns Twitch TV. So um, I think a lot of people think that. Um, jobs and uh work and opportunity are going to come from these industries so when you think about being involved in esports and you think about being involved in gaming you think about being a part of an esports team you think about either running a support role for someone like tsm or clg or someone like that uh or you you might think about like being on the esports team yourself but for the vast majority of people listening to this that is a fantasy it will never happen so that's that's not bad news though it, 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 it's it's just the the amount of jobs that are available in this kind of uh, in that in this kind of ecosystem, CLG just is is a thing that doesn't scale, right? Um, it, when we were running CLG at its peak, we had 107 employees. About 50 of them were players, and 50 of them were support staff. And I think that's about as big as it was going to get. It downsized from there. 
So we're not talking about because let's take like a team of like five players, right? Like like five LCS players. What do you really need? We well, need a, a head coach, a GM, an assistant coach, an analyst, right? Um, and then maybe some tertiary support staff, like physical therapists or um, people like that, some some CPA people, things like that. So you you don't really need like a great support staff, but if you think about like a gaming developer or the gaming industry, you think about someone like Activision who's going to start a, a new Call of Duty, or you think about Logitech that's going to start like a new hardware line. That might be two to three hundred jobs right there that, that are going to get created there. And so indeed, if we go look at the at the stats on the gaming industry itself. And we look at um, uh, and we look at, at at some data on that. We can see that the the amount of jobs that are being created in the gaming industry is incredible. It's about half a million, with the highest state there being California, about two hundred eighteen thousand jobs. In fact, it's about twice as much as the next leader, which is Washington, where I live. So California and everybody coming out of California has great opportunity, but it may not be where you think. It might be in the gaming industry. And the gaming industry includes a, a, a massive amount of um, tertiary and secondary jobs that support um, these, these sort of more niche industries like content creation and, um, and esports. So, so when I'm thinking about what I want to do as a student, what I would have wanted to know leaving college myself was like, what are the real opportunities and, and, and what's going to happen? And, and I want to talk a little bit about content creation. Because I think that my community and, and, and the people that have heard me talk before will know what is about to happen. <laughs> and, and that is that I look at the content creation ecosystem and the esports ecosystem, and I see a, a, a highly unrealistic, uh, highly unrealistic goal setting for many people. The number one desired job in America is a YouTuber. And streaming is pretty close behind it. And to put that into perspective, we had about 24,289,980 broadcasts that were run on Twitch TV in the past 30 days. But 6.5 million of those were unique people. That's the number of people that clicked the start streaming button one time. Okay, unique people that clicked the start streaming button. But in the top 5,000, right, uh, top Twitch streams, the number of people that actually make full-time income, uh, well, let's just, let's just go by actual numbers. So, so the number of actual partners on Twitch is about 57,000. So that's, that's already like 1%, right? But that doesn't assume that all partners make full-time income. So the amount of people that make full-time income is a fraction of that. And number of people with over 1,000 viewers is less than 0.001% of Twitch. So we think of an 1,000 viewer streamer as like a relatively small influencer. That's just the craziness that social media is. It's it's like always panning for the top, always trying to be um, uh, like like we're looking at people like XQC that have maybe a hundred thousand viewers, and I think there's a lot of people that might be in this audience that are unironically thinking that they um, might be able to do that. The, the likelihood of it is fantastical. There's no way, right? Um, these just by percentage, these are these are these are such. Uh, esoteric numbers and, and, and so even an influencer at like 400 to 500 viewers is, is like astonishing in terms of like their presence on twitch they're already way past the top one percent and if you look at, at um if you look at youtube the numbers are very similar so that that that's um that's discouraging right that means like oh like it, does that mean that um nobody can become content creators um 
No, it, it means that the and this is I I hope like where I start to change this from a horribly a horrible story of despair to like a more inspiring one. That's like no, the the problem isn't that this is not possible because people are doing it all the time. And indeed, there are new creators that are doing it, right? Like people like Ludwig, who who grew from just about a year and a half ago, went from zero subscribers to um, to, to, to hundreds of thousands. Many of you will know Dream, who basically beat the YouTube algorithm and created millions of subscribers and 50 million viewed videos in, in just under the span of a year. How is that possible? Um, despite these numbers and how do you get ahead if your interest is in benefiting from this attention economy and i'm gonna offer a, a couple of ways to do that I, I i think the problem isn't inherent to the industry and that the industry can't support these people it can and and and, and you as students going forward are, are if we are going to be taken seriously as an industry i've been thinking about this a lot we being like the gaming industry overall we need to be able to incorporate your expertise into the gaming industry so that we can expand the not only uh, fill all these positions that you're looking for and that students like you are looking for, but also to create a healthy ecosystem and platform where people that want to do content creation can be supported. The reality is that many people are going to fall through the cracks because I don't think they understand a couple key principles that I'm going to outline now to the best of my ability. One is that um, people just don't inherit people just inherently don't understand discovery. They don't understand how it works. Live streaming is not a discovery platform. You can't get found on live streams because the, because of the way it's set up. There's no algorithm to find you. There's no recommendations. When you look at vods like YouTube video on demand. The ability to be discovered is baked into the algorithm, into the keyword system, into the way that people search for content. If I search for top Fortnite plays or top League of Legends plays or best LCS gameplay, then I'm getting served content that YouTube has figured out that I want to see. And YouTube has the most advanced non-military ML in the world. It's, it's unbelievable how well they, they connect people with their viewers with their content. And, and, and it's not limited to just the biggest YouTubers. If you're a small channel, you can still post something that's niche enough that you get discovered and you, you get reached out into this like wider net of people. But Twitch isn't like that. Twitch is, Twitch's only discoverability is the number of viewers that you have. And if you have no viewers, there is nobody coming in. So this is one of the biggest misunderstandings I think about content creation is that we have people that set up their entire career to, um, st to start streaming on Twitch only to broadcast to nobody versus starting, um, to, starting to think about things from the perspective of like uh, evergreen content creation um, and saying, okay, how do I create something that lasts that reaches out to people? Like just changing this mindset alone will change the way that you look at your future. I have, let's see, eight minutes. So I'm going to try to set this up in a way that really gives you objective tactical value if you're seriously interested in content creation or being a part of the attention economy. And I'm also going to try to sell you real quick on why you are a part of the attention economy, whether you want to create content or not. I don't know why you'd want to be a streamer. I've done it for eight years in 2012, believe me. Um, 
Yeah, well, I, I, <laughs> I, if you want to be a full-time broadcaster, I'm going to help you do that right now. But I can't imagine anybody would want to do this. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, but if you do, we'll go through some things that will help you out. But um, let's talk real quick about the attention economy and what I'm talking about here and the potential of it. Okay, so back to Notepad. Um, the idea here that you need an enormous following to succeed is just is not true, okay? And I'm going to introduce you to a concept called a thousand true fans. Out of all the marketing stuff that I teach, this is my favorite concept, okay? So let's say real quick that you have a thousand people who support you, okay? And each one will give you $100 a year. Not a month, not in one product sale, but per year, okay? Thousand people support you, $100 a year. What's the math on that? If a thousand people support you, you multiply that by a hundred, you're now making a hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay, not bad. That's the power of the attention economy. Way too many people are trying to become the next XQC. Way too many people are trying to become the next PewDiePie. You don't need to do it. You do not need to do it. If you set yourself up to do that, you will most likely not succeed, right? Because you're reaching for something that is ephemeral and probably unrealistic instead of actually trying to define your value statement. I would any day of the week much rather have 500 to 1,000 high-powered dudes and dudettes in my chat that are marketing executives, people that are connected in the industry, people that are in the know, way more than I would rather have that I would have 20,000 to 30,000 people who are going to contribute absolutely zero value to my bottom line. And, and if you start thinking like that, then we can start kind of structuring what I, the advice that I would have for you for like getting started with something like this, because it, like you are a part of the attention economy in a way that I, no matter what, right? Because everything is moving this way. Everything is moving towards influencers. Everything is moving towards all the, I don't have enough time to tell you all of the data on this, but the, the trend is moving towards people buying from brands hosted by influencers that they know, like, and trust. And then the trend above that, if you want to get way ahead of the curve is people buying from influencer made brands. So influencers actually creating brands, then putting those on their back and then hosting them. And that's like the future future that I can't even like get to yet. But for now, suffice to say, a lot of the future will be comprised in influencer driven stuff. Um, the, the influencers will, will be at the forefront of a lot of, um, a lot of product sales and business. So you don't have to be an influencer to participate in that, but to the extent that you participate in the attention economy and you get people's attention, you will be able to better succeed because many of you, 45% at least, and probably a growing number are going to fall into that contractor slash freelancer work. You will need to figure this out. You will need to figure out how to get people's attention, whether that is streaming on Twitch or whether that is directly messaging people on LinkedIn so that you can get business clients and jobs. Whatever that be, there is you're, you're going to have to participate in that in some way. So let me give you um, three things that I think are um, going to give you value in that uh, before I close. Number one, what do you do to uniquely provide value? What can I do that no one else does? When I got to Seattle, I hadn't streamed in two years because I was running CLG. My broadcast went out to 50 people when, uh, from some 3,000 when I was playing League of Legends concurrently. 50 people watched me play their billions the first day that I came back to streaming um, at the beginning of 2020. 
I now regularly broadcast to anywhere between 1,500 to 3,000 people. How? Because I stopped doing gaming content because I knew that I needed to provide value in another unique way. The way that I chose to do it was something that I know better than uh, I, I think anyone, um, which is this. How, how do you create content? How do you build into the attention economy? Where are things going? What analysis of the esports industry and video game industry? What's, what's going on? What, what's, what's the happening in that? I knew that I could provide a competitive advantage there, so I did it. Um, in the same way, you have something that makes you unique. You have something that defines you. And uh, if, you, if you focus on that, you will, um, you, you will succeed way better than anybody that's just trying to do the same thing as streaming video games or what everyone else is doing. Number one, you need to diversify. You need to understand platform discoverability, right? You can't get any viewers on Twitch. You need to use things like YouTube, Instagram, things that where content exists forever so that you can actually uh, build your brand. And then number three, you need to actually plan your strategy, which I'm going to borrow from the aforementioned content creator Ludwig and give you three uh, pieces of advice that he has for content creation. Have a start date, list your one-year goals and where you want to be, and then pick three to five creators that you admire and want to emulate. And I think that's a really good start. Okay, so I'm almost out of time. So I'm going to just kind of like do a little bit of an overview here of like what we talked about and what's going on. I'm obviously, if it feels like there's a lot more to talk about here, it's because there is. <laughs> okay, so the, the, the bottom line is if you, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you one of my absolute favorite quotes in the world. If you want to be an anomaly, you need to start acting like one. Way too many of you think that you're going to succeed by doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. You're not. Go start a, a Twitch stream and uh, broadcast to zero viewers, playing a video game like League of Legends or whatever it is, and, and you will never get discovered. You'll never get differentiate. Uh, but I want more for everybody in this audience than that. I want, uh, I, and if you take a step back first, say, what value can I uniquely provide? How do I actually diversify that and what are my real goals centered around this and what is my participation in this attention economy thinking about that in, in like an overview in a macro sense that is going to actually separate you from everybody else and it's going to let you be one of those people that actually stands out if you want to be an anomaly you have to act like one don't do what everyone else is doing um and 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 really try to understand the industry you're in and not get caught up in like what everyone tells you. Like, look at the trends and where things are going. And if you can provide actual value, um, and you can step back and you can say, okay, this is what I bring uniquely to the table, and I promise you, every single one of you, every single one of you has something unique to bring to the table that everybody wants to hear. You will be successful on whatever you want to do. Like, don't get caught in the illusion um, that just because the industry is popping off, that like there's a place for you in it. You've got to put in the work and you've got to act like an anomaly. Okay, that's it. Thanks for your time. Game on. Thank you so, so much, Devin. Super appreciate that extremely solid content.